I think you're absolutely right. We've got to work really hard in the next year to ensure that, you know, the Democrats at least do somewhat okay. But, you know, I would hope that they could win still the House. But we need to get this message out because it's just so, so important. And if that means that Merrick Garland, you know, is no longer the, the attorney general, then so be it. The thing I will suggest to you is a couple of scenarios that maybe suggests to some people that he could be still doing his job right. He's just not signaling it to us. One is that a lot of these people involved in the upper echelons of the Trump world are intelligence assets for other countries. And so normally the way you deal with that is through counterintelligence. You wouldn't go after them necessarily criminally. You would go after through some sort of counterintelligence investigation, in which case no one would ever find out about what was going on because, you know, counterintelligence investigations prefer to be fairly quiet. So that's one possibility I came across. And I thought that's rational. It, it's possible. It, it's, it's, I mean, not, they don't need to do a current counterintelligence investigation. The investigation was done a long time ago. We said who was doing it, when it mm. was going to happen and what was going to happen before it happened. Right. And after it happened, me and my friends have told everyone exactly what happened. Who did it? We said it was Charles Flynn. Mm. Charles Flynn is a dirty motherfucker. Mm. He like Ezra Cohen, Mike Flynn, like it is known who these people are. It's not a secret who did it. I am tired of the idea that our fucking Justice Department has to take three years to figure out what everybody else figured out on Twitter before it happened. I am not satisfied with it and I won't be. But they are all intelligence assets, I will say, uh, that is not American. But in the meantime, they've committed a shitload of crimes that we already know about and they need to be arrested for them immediately. I agree with you. I think that that's, you know, <laughs> falling back on this, you know, old school, one is counterintelligence, one is criminal, is, is nonsense. I, I think Americans they're, need to see action. They need to see people in jail. And who cares who they are being paid for? Who's paying for them? At least, like, you know. Every single day in my, like, I talk to people who have loved ones who have been mind bucked into this fascist death mm. cult. It is an enormous amount of unaddressed trauma out there. So many normal people who, who you know, had their mom or their sister or all of their family taken away from them. They're like these, you know, zombies that are sort of like they used to be, but they're really not. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to fucking hear about, you know, what any of that stuff. What I want is for the propaganda that's causing that and still causing it and still bringing more and more people into the cult. I want that to stop. And I want Mm. the people who did it in the first place in fucking jail. Now, I don't care what their machinations are, to be honest with you. Like there's plenty of due process that can be done. I am saying there is plenty of information in public on my fucking Twitter feed, for God's sake, that should put these people in jail for life. Yeah. Last time I checked, I, you know, you weren't allowed to commit crimes, even if you are a spy. I mean, it doesn't give you a get out of jail free card. Um, yeah. It just means that, you know, there might be counterintelligence operations hurt. underway. Fine. There's, might there's, there's no recognition of how harmful it is. Right. Like how dangerous and bad it is for this propaganda to be constantly pumped into people's brains. It is, it is the most literal poisoning our country. Yes. And it will be and- take decades to remove or to reverse. It just it's not something you can do in a short amount of time. It's designed to stick around and it creates yeah. this incredible disillusionment in a society that is very, very hard to get rid of. So you're absolutely right. I don't think people do have a great appreciation for it. What sort of freaks me out is it's so easy to stop it. I mean, you have to take a couple of TV networks off the air, 
maybe a social Apple network of the air. Need to just get rid of Telegram. Yeah. That's it. And maybe you right and maybe now, take Facebook on. You know, let, maybe let Facebook goes something. away. But that's yeah. it. I mean, Facebook you know, too. Well, but Facebook at least has a little bit of boundaries now. Right? A little, a little bit. Um, Telegram is a nightmare. It is a place where people's brains go to die. Right. right. Like I'm connected to it with my phone number and I see friends of mine, like old friends, like joining Telegram. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoop, whoop, you're done, 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 cult, cult. Well, like, maybe they're cult. joining because they want to follow this stuff and just get aware of it. I mean, there is a uh-huh. risk that we're not maybe. seeing any of it going on. I mean, I mean, most of these people know they're, they're the exact people I would think that would be getting into this. Right. right? So you think the numbers are growing on the right side? Do you think the number of white nationalists, the number of extreme uh, sort of MAGA type people are, that number is growing? Hockey stick, exponential growth. And why? It used to be, even last year, Mm -hmm. like uh, uh, finding real Nazi shit was not really that easy. You had to go places. You had to know what the telegram channels were. Now there are Nazi channels straight up. Mm-hmm. Like Hitler fucking like Nazi channels with like six digit subscribers. Yeah. Like the Patriot Front used to be a there on- couple hundred and they'd be hiding and scared and like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, somebody could and now it's just growing. It's a grinder. And you have these LARPs like Ghost Ezra, who they discovered, you know, is actually some idiot and no one cared, who is a bridge from QAnon, which is already a white supremacist kind of neo-Nazi ideology, mm-hmm. bringing them over straight into like just pure anti-Semitic, kill the Jews, Nazi shit. Yeah, that and, seems to be growing and, a lot, the anti-Semitism. And, and that pipeline is getting bigger. It's getting mm-hmm. more efficient. They know exactly what works. They're testing out new techniques. They're making the videos more traumatic. I mean, it's oh, more and more and more. Until we stop it, it's going to get worse. This kind of shit, fascism in general, <laughs> but especially when you start mixing it with really serious undue in- influence, does not stop on its own. It will never stop on its own. It must no. be defeated. Yeah, That's not, especially at the ballot do. box. I and mean, they've gamed this out in a way that they know they can't lose. You know, there's enough state houses that are going to be able to reject the votes of the people that even next year, yeah. that it's quite possible that even next year we won't have a full democracy, which means we need to do different things. That is also probably gamed out, but that's really the only chance of success in a short amount of time. But like taking these broadcast networks off the air well, they're doing- is is one big way of doing it and taking the social networks down would be another. Yeah. They're, they're, I don't know what, what we do about Facebook and Twitter, you know, Mm. honestly, because they are necessary. I don't want Twitter to go away, right? but it's a fucking mess too. Like I look at my trends all the time. It's just like Jack Posobiec op after Jack Posobiec op over and over again, these stupid hashtags like designed to poison everybody's mind about fucking Biden or whatever it is. I see it constantly. Like we have got to be okay with saying, fuck that. No, you can't just be a fascist in public like that. We need anti-fascist laws. We need it to be actually not legal to go around doing Nazi salutes and shit. We need to get in front of, you know, what Germany had to do after the war so we don't have a second Holocaust to force Mm -hmm. it because that's what happened, right? They were forced to do anti-fascism laws. They were forced to have all the measures that they put in place to make sure it didn't come back for a long time. Right now, what it looks like to me is that the Nazis are trying to force Holocaust too, but they think they're going to win this time. And, and And I know that sounds very stark. 
but no, I think the literally uh, true. I think it's literally, literally true as well. I, I think as well, the algorithms of a lot of these social networks are encouraging extremism. I mean, it, you know, there's been various studies around this that show that people, you know, will come in being, being fairly mild or moderate on an issue and then get more and more extreme the more they use the platform. And I think about Twitter's echo chambers, you know, it's great that we live in our echo chambers because everyone's agreeing with us ourselves, but it also doesn't let us see what the other side is doing unless we go and seek it out. So, you know, I think a good place to start would almost be to take a look at those algorithms and see, are they really contributing to a healthy society or are they just ripping society apart? No, they're not. The Facebook algorithm is the most blatant, Mm -hmm. right? Because they decided to change their algorithm to engagement, right? Right, right. How do you engage with it? And it turns out that like, I don't know, uh, negative stuff, stuff you hate is like Mm -hmm. five times more engaging. And isn't that crazy? that and not really even when i was out there and i had thousands of people give like showering me with like love it was like the couple of people who were celebrating me that like stuck out right 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 it's just human nature to focus on the negative thing because your limbic system like your danger system says like that's the most important thing to worry about i agree i agree that's all the green don't worry about that Worry about the one guy who's mm. talking shit about you. And, I agree with that, but I and, it's, and it's so sad, you know. It really, when you think it about it, sad. that we're programmed to to actually. I mean, it comes. It comes from like when, when you had to worry about saber tooth tigers and shit, right? <laughs> now we have to it's, worry about who's true. posting something on Twitter or Facebook. It's crazy. Well, it's that, but it's that same fight or flight kind of it is. system. That and that's says, what they're they're preying on that attacking. system. What do I do? Yeah. Right. I'm either frozen or I'm running away or I'm fighting back. What they get you on a lot of the time on Twitter, et cetera, is they weaponize that by intentionally trolling you about dumb shit, make you get pissed off, and then either get you suspended or make fun of you more, right? Yeah. It is about fear. Uh, yes. And they will amp it up as much as they need. So, you know, that's why we get a traumatized society is because these are all fears that they're playing to and they're going to continue to play to them. And the more they do that, the more traumatic, you know, the, the country becomes. I want to talk to you as well about Mike Flynn, because he's such a key person in the world of, of Jim Stewartson. Have you heard of him? I have heard of Mike Flynn. Indeed, I have. That man is still yeah. running around free. And it's fascinating to me that he is. But, you know, people forget because his current persona is sort of this a quack leader of this weird cult. But, you know, just a few years ago, he was negotiating Iran for the American executive. You know, there he was having negotiations with the Saudis about what they were going to do with Iran. He was engaged in daily conversations with various ambassadors around the world. And now look at him. He's like a, you know, he's considered a goofball in some ways. He's, he's what he always was. He's a psyop professional, right? right? He is a an expert in psychological warfare. He, in Afghanistan, that's what he did. He ran psyops right. on, on the population of Afghanistan. Even more than than that, in 2010, he wrote a paper about bringing ISIS techniques into the military Mm -hmm. and that we should both train our own people on ways to use those sorts of kind of radicalization techniques and also use it against other populations. And he compared what he was doing in Afghanistan, strangely, with local elections Mm. He, he spent a long time talking about how the way that he converted sort of towns and, you know, like provinces and shit 
is by attacking local elections, by psyoping the local people in these communities to kind of infiltrate and take over from, you know, the Taliban or whatever Mm. it was. And he just took that exact fucking plan and turned it on the United States. I mean, it's quite amazing. It's really very stark. And, you know, people don't normally do that. People need to remember that people don't go from being the national security advisor to running psyops against their country, um, especially of this nature, of this magnitude. When you look at it that way, when you start seeing how people whose roles have changed, but they seem to be so clearly defined, most people go through their careers doing one thing, you know, maybe two things. These guys go through their career and they're doing like six different major projects in a year that are very different from each other. I mean, there's certainly a stark difference from running whatever he's running now, this cult, to running a negotiation with Iran. I mean, those are two very, very different skill sets, you'd imagine. And you were not one you'd normally sort find in, in, in a, well, yeah. sort of, yeah. But yeah. I totally agree with that. But Mike Flynn's approach to all of those situations is the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, he's trained in PSYOP. He was stationed at Fort Bragg, which is where PSYOP is right. headquartered. And he sees all communications and all relationships in those terms. You know, having watched God knows how many fucking hours of Mike Flynn, I I see how his mind works. Every interaction he has, every sentence he says, everything he says is a lie or a half truth Mm -hmm. designed to convince somebody of something false. That literally like he's still operating as an intelligence agent out of his mouth, all of his stuff. You know, it's the same. Is he being run by anybody, do you think? Or is he really a standalone sort of leader of this movement? I mean, it seems to me there must be someone no, running it. standalone at all. I, yeah. think he's, I think there are five people kind of who are the puppet masters. Mm-hmm. You know, Dan, you, Flynn, uh, Prince, right. Teal, and Stone, right? But then above that are the money people, the mm-hmm. real, you know, fascists, right? And there you've got Putin. You've got MBZ, you've got MBS, you've got Erdogan, you've got parts of the Israelis, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, Who are all partners in the project to create the, whatever their version of the end times. They are happy to work with each other, despite having totally different ideologies, because they all have the same basic thing in mind, which is get rid of all this fucking, you know, liberal namby-pamby people get to live and be happy shit. And let's, you know, get rid of 90% of them and fucking, you know, create the whatever their fantasy fascist, you know, dream state is. We spoke um, about this um, a lot in the last few years now, but also just before we got on the air, we spoke about this idea of this uh, coalition of countries and maybe leaders, maybe it's not all countries, but certainly leaders of countries who came together in 2016 to attack democracy and attack the United States. And those are UAE, Saudi Arabia, Israel, to some extent, Egypt, Turkey, you suggested, and uh, Russia. Russia, of course, Russia. I was saying yesterday that there is also potentially a superpower behind all of that beyond just Russia. And yesterday, as we were doing the show about China and the China syndrome, you know, there seemed to be ample evidence in my mind, at least that China seems very under the radar, but still very involved in everything that's been going on in the last few years in terms of the attack on democracy. And uh, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the show, but it occurs to me that that's really potentially a likely possibility. Now, what do you think of that? Do you think that China is part of this group? I don't know that they're necessarily a core member of it. No. 
and the reason for that is just what this group in particular does. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what this group does is attack China very viciously. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, as we were talking, the the MAGA, the MAGA supporters. Yeah. uh, yeah. Well, the, the, the cult, the, the ideology of the cult includes the idea that Russia is awesome. Mm -hmm. Putin is the emperor of everything. And the CCP is the one who did COVID, who stole the election, who did all this stuff. So what I see is a massive shifting of the blame from, you know, the people who are really doing it to another country that is their direct competitor. But, so, you know, Russia you know, and China are me, allied, right? I mean, there's a possibility they're, there. They're allies at, at one level, right? right. They're, they're allies, like you said, in Belt and Road and in mm. these big long-term projects. You're right. I don't know that they're that you know. Well, they're officially in, military in allies. I mean, if they go to war, scales, yeah, they do war games together. Almost, you know, not exclusively, but they certainly do a lot of war games together. They are, you know, if if there comes a war against the United States, which they are fomenting, it seems on a regular basis, then it'll be them two on one side, and you know, America and everybody else on the other. It's, that's and that's you know, they but have a thirty-year plan from tactical warfare. Unless it's all building up to some sort of, you know, thing. It's also very clear that they've always been allies. You know, you go back to the Soviet Union and uh, and, and Mao's period, they've always been allies. And so yeah. there's a lot of um, FSB kind of training that has been transferred from the FSB into Chinese uh, military intelligence as well. So I think that there's also, uh, you know, a significant number of projects that are engaged with together, which requires cooperation even today, like the Arctic. You know, they have a common vision of how the Arctic is going to save both of their uh, troubled economies by finding food and getting food finally for, especially the Chinese people where there's running out of food. But you know, that's, right, that entails opening up the world. Yeah. Yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But, but by, by preventing, by adding to global warming, making it worse so that their fucking tundra for whatever period of time we get to stay on the earth before it turns into Venus, mm. like they could get some more money from their, they could get more land. money. Like, they won't be landlocked <laughs> or ice locked anymore. They'll be able to, you know, r- run their ships at 30% quicker yeah. trade routes, uh, going to the United it, States. I mean, that's really the benefits for them. Um, it, but so this the, is what they're the doing. They're engaged in this. Thing, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll be slightly speculative and conspiratorial for a second. Mm. The, the, my fear about what's happening in the short term geopolitically is that it's going to be some sort of, you know, uh, divide and conquer pincer move shit where Taiwan mm-hmm. and Ukraine go off at the same time. <laughs> I've heard about that. I've heard that theory. And, and if that happens, Jesus Christ. I mean, I don't know what, like, I mean, it's, it's going to be rough, especially if Charles Flynn is running the Pacific <laughs> the, defeat, the traitor. Yeah. Yeah. The fucking traitor who said optics, yada, yada, and prevented the National Guard from going to the Capitol. That guy is in charge of the U is commanding general of the U.S. Army Pacific with 90,000 fucking American troops. That is a situation that boggles my mind beyond anything imaginable. The Army lied about whether he was there. The yeah. DOD OIG report is a complete farce that was just totally destroyed yeah. by General Walker and others um, who said, are you fucking kidding me? What do you mean? It was a very, very blatant and actually very frightening whitewash. Like mm-hmm. It was not even like close. I agree it with felt you very that, Absolutely. You know, there's a, and, and a real so possibility. 
That's because okay. seditionists in our fucking army, that's a big problem. That's the worst problem of all. Because if we can't trust our military, we're done. It could be that, you know, they have the military. It could be that that's still very much the case that we've, you know, the military is not necessarily completely beholden to, to Biden, although I'm sure they are at the moment, but there's certainly a huge element there that if they were able to keep Flynn in, in the, the Pacific fleet, you get the sense then that uh, anything is really possible about who's in charge there and who's running that ship. Um, you know, that's another good reason to, let's look at that scenario where you might have Taiwan and Ukraine go off together at the same time. I think that's really unlikely in my mind. I mean, it doesn't, I can't imagine Russia actually invading Ukraine and uh, China invading Taiwan because it would simply be unconscionable to have, in, even in their minds, to kill their fellow citizens. I don't know. Have you met Vladimir Putin? <laughs> <laughs> no, and I hope I never do. But I know they threaten it, but it's actually like attacking, um, you know, aggressively attacking to overtake an entire country. He already has oh, Zelensky in his back pocket. But he, he has Zelensky in his back pocket. He's, you know, he's doing it. Uh, yeah. Like, Vladimir Putin is a quintessential fascist. Mm -hmm. And by fascist, I mean, the only thing he cares about is power. Right. It's not even ideology. It's not, you know, it's not religion. It's not any of that shit. It is the pure accumulation of power. And what he thinks of as power is money and land. Right. And so right. all of the stuff that he's doing to push back on NATO to get his buddy Donald Trump to take our troops out of Germany and that whole bullshit that happened right before uh, Trump left, all of that stuff is designed to set this up. Right. Like, why else does he have 175,000 troops on the fucking Ukrainian because border? He, you know, it scares America and it scares NATO. Maybe they'll give him something I, that he wants. I, I, you know, may, maybe, but I don't think Vladimir Putin is going to do that just to wave his dick around. I mean, he's done like, it before. I, it's certainly, you know, he's a master of this kind of I, stuff. I, but I, you're I, right. I, I agree. Uh, I just, I'm, just, I'm just saying, and I don't yeah. know. I mean, I don't want to write off the risk. We have to respond know. to it. And it may be that Putin doesn't know yet, right? Right. He's probably trying to figure out like what, but he's, he's putting his pieces in place. Right. Mm -hmm. And you see the moves happening in Taiwan. You see, there's a lot of geopolitical kind of maneuvers happening. And then, you know, the, the whole global economy sort of starting to look a little bit, you know, sick with all this crypto shit sort of popping mm -hmm. off everywhere. Um, but, you know, I got to say, know. the American economy is not in as bad a shape as people seem to believe it is. We've got incredibly low unemployment. Growth is doing really well. Yeah, we've got this huge, uh, you know, bill that we're going to pass that helps us build infrastructure. But that's all good stuff. I mean, why wouldn't you want to build that? It's no, just the I, feeling I totally, that I things totally aren't agree. good. Yeah. But there are lots and lots of, of bad actors who are trying to change that, right? Right. They're, they're trying to change they don't want the United States to be strong. They don't want the dollar to be strong. They do not want any form of capitalism, for that matter, or liberal democracy of any kind. Right. You know, the fascists who want a, you know, some sort of feudalistic monarch, monarchist, theocratic state. That's still the goal for many people. I can't believe that's the goal, but that's the goal. So, you they, know, we'll see. 30% of people are authoritarian in the sense that they are attracted to authoritarian relationships for whatever reason. Yes, but that's, that's a different from King Donald Trump. You know, I mean, if, uh, totally. if, we're, if we're going to but pick all a All I mean is that, that there is a part of the population <laughs> yeah. that for whatever reason, nature or nurture is attracted to that kind of relationship and that kind of leadership. 
right? Yeah. I think that those vulnerabilities, those sort of predilections get you and give them the kind of foothold to start grabbing onto the rest of their brain and sucking them in. Uh, absolutely. And look, I mean, democracies are fragile and we are witnessing that right now. And we've certainly seen around the world that when they're threatened, they often collapse. I mean, it really, it's very rare that they survive. I think the American democracy could be the exception to that rule because we have so much going for us. And there's so much greatness in America and so much knowledge and opportunity in America that I, you know, I wouldn't count America out in any way in this regard. And I think we're seeing a pretty, pretty spectacular job so far by Biden personally. And we'll see what happens if he doesn't indict some of this leadership, because I think that that is a big issue and probably the tipping yeah. point for and some I, sort of I action. That. You know, I cheer, I cheerlead all this stuff, man. Mm. I, I like the fact that we're actually passing stuff at all is a fucking miracle. And there is a lot of really good work being done. Mm. At the same time, there is still a lot of pretending around the idea that this is a political process anymore. Right. It is not a political process at all. This is war. This is within the context of American law, mm -hmm. right? These people are encroaching on every single component of it they can. They're going into every nook and cranny. They're breaking the law when they feel they can. And when there is no consequences, it's suddenly legal. Right. For fascists, if you do it and you don't get punished, that means it's legal. We're yeah, they're, they're out there today care. saying Mark Meadows did nothing wrong. Mark Meadows did plenty wrong, uh, plenty, plenty wrong. Yeah, that, yeah, you the, know. Orig the original guy said that was Roger Stone. So that's yeah, what, right. That's <laughs> <laughs> and he's done plenty <laughs> wrong. Um, Jim, this has been <laughs> yeah, really great. Yeah. It's so nice to chat with you for a whole hour like this. I'm so glad you're Thank back you. and I'm so glad you're an entity on Twitter because, you know, you often provided me probably with the best coverage of what's going on in this extreme right wing. I mean, certainly with Flynn, I think you've been the best source of following Flynn. And you do have to sit through a lot of that incredibly disturbing video and, and you do it with, uh, with grace and you put out the most incredible feed. And I'm so glad that, uh, that you're back on Twitter and I hope Twitter figures out how to do this a little bit more carefully and humanely uh, for future people so that, you know, people can absolutely object and find a way and appeal to the process, but also protect their content. Cause I think that's pretty crucial. So hopefully someone at Twitter is listening. And don't be insulted about all that stuff I said before, if you are. Insulted about what stuff? Twitter. Twitter. Oh. <laughs> oh, we were just There's joking about that. Yeah, we love you, Twitter. We love you, Twitter. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, that is our show for tonight. Uh, we will be back on Friday with uh, the after show. Looking forward to that. And next week, our big finale coming up for Narrative, where we will talk about how all these foreign nationals were involved in January the 6th. That's coming up next Tuesday and Wednesday. Thank you for watching Narrative tonight. And thank you, Jim, for being here. Please, everyone should follow Jim at, at Jim Stewartson. And of course, don't forget his podcast at Radicalized Pod with Heidi Kuda. Thank you very much for joining us tonight and have a good night. Narrative is made possible by viewers like you. Join today and support truly independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. That's patreon.com forward slash narrative.